Hello, everybody. I want to now discuss these things about myself. I want to mention the world of organized crime that I grew up in. Um, I saw myself uh, having to be a tough guy. Uh, sadly, I had that I had to be that way and they have a warped sense of toughness I remember having to have what is called a strong personality in in organized crime a strong personality means a domineering overbearing personality I had to be those ways and there's no strength in being tyrannical um I would physically make people do what I wanted them to do. If I wanted, and I never did this to, you know, I, I never used these things against women, of course. For example, if I wanted someone to stop or start or move this way or look at that, I would physically make them do that. It's like if you want somebody to see something, I'll move their body in that direction. It's right here. Look at that. If I wanted to look at that, I would turn their head. Look this way. Look that way. Or give me this. Or grab that. Or or put that down. Or pick that up. Or just all the other things. You know how when you tell somebody what to do, make them do what you want them to do? It was those simple things in the world of crime. And when it came to self-defense, of course it was much harsher because when you defend yourself, and you tell somebody what to make them do what you want them to do, you basically make them do what you want them to do often means violence. And that's what happened to me when I was in the world of organized crime when it came to myself and certain dudes that were criminals, affiliated with criminals, but not criminals themselves. And these dudes were nightmares on earth. So I had to also be very bossy, very commanding. Not just with my words telling people to do all the time, but I also had to physically make them do what I want them to do all the time. With women, it was never abusive. Never. Um, I never had women do anything wrong. Same goes for girls. I never had to do anything wrong. It's never abusive with them. But with guys, you know, I did that. Because in the crime world, it showed strength. You give an order and somebody and your and somebody's obeying, or you make them do what you want to do, and they're allowing you to have them do what you want them to do. So, in organized crime, I witnessed unwholesome passivity, unwholesome doormatting, unwholesome aggression, and I saw a warped sense of assertiveness too. So those are things in organized crime 
that I witnessed. I had to be this scary boogeyman type of kid growing up. Um, um, for example, I had to have a presence that was intimidating and frightening for criminals. Um, the sounds of me, the look of me, or the knowing that you're about to be in my presence and walk down the street, it made a lot of people duck and cover, run for their lives, hide, scream. I remember criminals telling stories about me to other criminals and to anybody willing to listen. The women weren't having it, and it was understood. You can't say anything bad about Antonio because they were so, in their mind, he's so sweet to us, you better not diss him. And if you are, you're going to have to deal with us violently. There were times where I remember the women in that world were so upset that they actually killed these guys who were saying bad things about me because of my reputation in the streets. Let me give you more details so you won't think I'm repeating myself. So, in that world of organized crime, the women are the most devoted to me. The You know, the girls are the most devoted to me. I remember there were girls who played a role in these guys being murdered, beaten, and robbed. Um, and the women were the ringleaders of these things. I remember they had other boys and men play a role in the beating and the murdering and the robbing of these guys. And so, like I said in previous episodes, the women killed the most for me, uh, robbed the most for me, beat people up the most for me. But it wasn't really for me in the sense where it was a good thing. It was actually... um, quite the bad thing because in the world of crime their sense of protection is often selfish it's not communal Um, and their sense of protection means more crimes are being committed and more laws are being broken um They felt a sense of entitlement towards me, like a lot of people organized crime did. A sense of, uh, they had a violent entitlement, basically.
And so that's pretty much. I wanted to say to you all, those are all my crime stories. Um, now I want to talk about um, religion. I think about I'm thinking about the concept of abandon. To give up the God of the Bible Because he's afraid of something I had to do. I had to leave the aggressive God of the Bible. I had to quit the aloof God of the Bible. I had to withdraw myself from the angry God of the Bible. I had to just continue the apathetic God of the Bible. I had to break off from the arrogant God of the Bible. I had to go off from the bad-tempered God of the Bible. I had to cast away the biased God of the Bible. I had to cast aside the boastful God of the Bible. I had to let go of the bombastic God of the Bible. I had to cease the boring God of the Bible. I had to cast off the bossy God of the Bible. I had to discard the calculating God of the, I had to cast off the calculated God of the Bible I had to discard the callous God of the Bible I had to vacate the careless God of the Bible I had to give away the caustic God of the Bible I had to part with the cheerless God of the Bible. I had to evacuate from the childish God of the Bible. I had to surrender the closed God of the Bible. I had to yield myself from the cold God of the Bible. I had to desist the combative God of the Bible as well as the cold God of the Bible. I had to concede, renounce, advocate, lose hope of, go back on, secede, wave, forego, back down with, lay aside, dispose of, have done with, throw in the towel, and break the habits of the complacent God of the Bible, the conceited God of the Bible, the conniving God of the Bible, the constricting God of the Bible, the controlling God of the Bible, the cowardly God of the Bible, the cowering God of the Bible, the cruel God of the Bible, the curt God of the Bible, I had to leave 
the dangerous, deceiving, codependent, dishonest, disrespectful, and distant God of the Bible in trouble. I had to desert, forsake, ostracize, back out on, break with, break up with, run away, defect, reject, disown, cast off, maroon, depart from, throw overboard, jettison, leave behind, slip away from, stand up to, leave in the lurch, turn my back on, run out on, walk out on, double cross, let down and drop the egocentric God of the Bible, the atheist God of the Bible, the evil God of the Bible, the exacting God of the Bible, the exaggerated God of the Bible, the fearful God of the Bible, the finicky God of the Bible, the flaky God of the Bible, the fleeting God of the Bible, the foolish God of the Bible, the frisky God of the Bible, the gloomy God of the Bible. Because the God of the Bible is depicted as a glutton, greedy, grumpy, guarded, gullible, harsh, hateful, haughty, hesitant, hostile, hypercritical, ignorant, immature, impatient, impolite, impractical, incompetent, inconsiderate, indecisive, indifferent, inflexible, insensitive, intolerant, jealous, judgmental, juvenile, killjoy, nabbish, know-it-all in an arrogant way, lax, lazy, liar, lifeless, loafer, loud, malicious, materialistic, mean, miserly, mistrusting, moody, naive, Nasty, naughty, in a bad way. Non-committal, nonsensical, numb, obnoxious, obscene, obstinate, oppressive, overconfident, oversensitive, pessimistic, petty, petulant, pompous, pretentious, proud, quaint, quarrelsome, quirky, random, rash, rebellious, reluctant, resentful, restless, ridiculous, rigid, rude, sadistic, in a bad way, scattered, scornful, secretive, self-centered, selfish, severe, in a bad way, shifty, silly, sour, spin-thrift, spiteful, stingy, stubborn, suspicious, tactless, thoughtless, tight, in a bad way, timid, touchy, trivial, vain, villainous, vulgar, unappreciative, unbending, uncaring, uncommitted, uncooperative, uncouth, undependable, undisciplined, unenthusiastic, unfeeling, unfocused, unforgiving, unfriendly, ungrateful, unhelpful, unkind, unmotivated, unreliable, unresponsive, unrestrained, unruly, unsure, unsympathetic, unwilling, wasteful, weak-willed, whimsical, wicked, wishy-washy, wrathful, yucky. And unrestrained. And the God of the Bible is depicted as being of ignorance, incompetence, and experience. Because humans put all their negative character traits on God and depict God in all the bad ways and all the toxic ways that they are. I don't believe the God of the Bible is any of those things. I think human beings are all of those things. God, you know, there's an actual God. There's nothing negative about that God. There's everything negative about humans because we keep making it that way. So human beings put all of their faults and frailties and the darkness of their hearts all onto God. They transfer all of their 
ridiculousness onto God and say, hey, God is all these ways too. The actual God is completely positive. There is no bullshit about the actual God. And humans also put all their negative character traits onto Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And the actual Jesus is completely positive. There's no bullshit at all regarding Jesus. Okay? And when it comes to if there's a, like an actual Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit completely positive. Human beings put all their negative traits on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit ain't got no has no bullshit on actual. And the actual church. does for any and all upliftment that is uplifting to all of the least of these. You know, the church, the actual church that lives up to Christ's likeness, they truly are in favor Uh, and they actually are true family, true friends, and true su- all-around support to rape survivors, incest survivors, domestic violence survivors, intimate partner violence survivors, people with disabilities. Black Asian people of color, those of Hispanic descent, and all the other oppressed communities. Human beings in church buildings put all their negative character traits onto the concept of church, and that is why so many incest survivors, rape survivors, domestic partner, domestic violence survivors, intimate partner violence survivors racism survivors and ableism survivors are leaving the church in droves and for what I was able to uh, understand is that human you know that um, act the actual church, is a home and a refuge for child abuse survivors and adult abuse survivors, but because human beings think so highly of hypocrisy and they're in church buildings makes it worse because that's where they perpetuate their hypocrisy, they're the reason why child abuse survivors and adult abuse survivors leave the church grows. So humans put all their negativity onto the church, even though the actual church is completely positive, no bullshit all to it. And when it comes to the Bible, humans put all of their flaws and and blame scripture for it. If there's an actual scripture, the, all, all verses of scripture 
ideally and correctly should be uplifting to ev anyone and everyone that reads it. I'm not talking about toxic positivity. I'm not talking about excusing wrong. I'm not talking about permitting unlawful behavior. What I'm talking about is, is that script, you know, let's say there's an actual scripture, it should be impossible to oppress anyone and self with it. But human beings put all their oppressive character traits onto scripture and that is exactly why scripture is the number one collection of books, the top anthology that is used to oppress humans the most. If you want to find the easiest tool to commit human rights violations against others and yourself, the Bible does that for them. If you want to find the most basic resource to commit human rights abuses against others and self, go directly to the biblical canon. If you want to find the most simplistic outlet for human rights to justice against others and yourself, self-inequality and inequality toward others, a lack of equity towards others and yourself, and stripping away the healthy privileges, healthy prerogatives, healthy entitlements against others and yourself. then all the books from Genesis to Revelation will do those things and, and then some more damage. I, that's why the, that's why the Bible to me it's a book of of indefensible but make it defensible ruthlessness ruthlessness is It's indefensible, but people use passages of the Bible to make the indefensible defensible in terms of countless passages of it that are appalling to us modern people today, tomorrow, and forever. It was even appalling to us yesterday.
And so that's why I had a silent pause because it was just jaw dropping. Mouth wide agape. Shocking that um, humans make the Bible a ruthless book of barbarity. Because barbarity is unjustifiable, but they make barbarity justifiable. That's why I had to leave religion completely alone. And it wasn't overnight. That I can guarantee. to say here are my last statements on religion then I'm going to go to the sex part I think about the fact that here are my feelings about the bible The way that humans depict God causes me to feel troubled, disturbed, agitated, grieved, apprehensive, pained, anxious, perplexed, afflicted, confused, puzzled, overwrought, aggravated, uptight, bothered, harassed, vexed, plagued, teased, annoyed, concerned, uneasy, discomposed, hair, hairy. Careworn, mortified, badgered, baited, inconvenienced, upset, flustered, put out, tortured, goaded, irritated, displeased, unhappy, tried, roused, disconcerted, pursued, chafed, ragged, gowed, rubbed the wrong way, tired, spiritually molested, crossed, thwarted, distressed, wounded, sickened, restless, earth, pestered, heckled, persecuted, frightened, alarmed, terrified, scared, anguished, 
harrowed, tormented, provoked, stung, raffled, fretting, perturbed, afraid, shaking, shaking, shaky, shaking, fearful, unsettled, suspicious, and turmoil full of misgivings, shredding, bugged in a quandari in a stew on pins and needles, all hot and bothered, worried, stiff in a tizzy, burned up, miffed, peeved, riled, floored, up a tree, hung up, up the creek without a paddle, because I don't feel calm at ease or settled when I read those depictions of God. It's tough to be honest about these things. Because I grew up in a world where you weren't supposed to feel or say these things. I grew up in church, as y'all already know, so go figure. ill-advised, rash, reckless, dashing, heedless, perverse, intractable, recalcitrant, self-assertive, refractory, rebellious, wayward, inexorable, restive, impervious, high-bound, unyielding, incorrigible, incorrigible, intemperate, drunken, lawless, vicious, brawling, unlicensed, rowdy, bawdy, quarrelsome, and movable, unwieldy, resolute, inflexible, forceful, dog, mullish, fanatic, irrational, unreasonable, irrepressible, high-spirited, imputed, abandoned, profligate, stubborn, obstinate, turbulent, disorderly, self-willed, opinionated, bullheaded, ungovernable, stiff-necked, ornery, mean, skittish, and dangerous. That is why they depict, and that's why they depict God as unruly, uncontrollable, willful, headstrong, forward, violent, impulsive, uncurbed, impetuous, ill-advised, rash, reckless, dashing, heedless, perverse, intractable, recalcitrant, self-assertive, 
refractory, rebellious, wayward, inexorable, restive, impervious, hidebound, unyielding, incorrigible, intemperate, drunken, lawless, vicious, brawling, unlicensed, rowdy, body, quarrelsome, immovable, unwieldy, resolute, inflexible, forceful, dog, mulish, fanatic, irrational, unreasonable, irrepressible, high-spirited, impudent, abandoned, profligate, stubborn, obstinate, turbulent, Disorderly, self-willed, opinionated, bullheaded, ungovernable, stiff-necked, ornery, mean, skittish, and dangerous. Because human beings are make themselves be unruly and impulsive. That's why they depict God as unruly. So, without further ado, let's conclude with the sex episode. I think that would be the right thing. Uh, to go do. As you know, that I'm truly free within my soul. Yes, I'm a sensual sadist. Yes, I'm a sensual dog. Absolutely. But also... When it comes to sex, I am This is what I possess sexually When it comes to sex, this is the best way to start it, okay? When it comes to sex, I possess sexual aptitude, sexual intelligence, uh, sexual know-how, sexual the hang of something, sexual brain, sexual net, sexual, I've got more than what it takes, sexual sense, sexual good makings, uh, sexual comprehension, sexual faculties, I've good sexual understandings, I have good sexual strength, I have good sexual ingenuity, I have good sexual experiences, I have good sexual deafness, I have good sexual cleverness, I have good sexual masteries, I have good sexual fine finessing, I have good sexual flair, I have good sexual facility, I have good sexual dexterity, I have good sexual skillfulness, I have good sexual artistry, I have good sexual skills, I have good sexual crafts, I have good sexual Techniques, I have good sexual self-sufficiency, I have good sexual knowledge, I have good sexual qualifications, I have good sexual deafness, I have good sexual proficiencies, I have good sexual competence, I have good sexual capabilities, I have good sexual genes, I have good sexual gifts, I have good sexual talents, I have good sexual worth, I have good sexual potencies, I have good sexual powers, and I have good sexual innate qualities. Nothing about me screams sexual ignorance, nothing about me screams sexual incompetence, nothing about me screams sexual inexperienced. Hmm. I have good sexual abilities. Hmm. 
And so, of course, there's more. So, in reality, I recognized that for myself that there was um, in the area of sex and this is what I this is the article I really not article but I decided I'm trying to talk more on how I feel but I'll start doing that starting tomorrow but I'll definitely use this episode these articles says how to be friends with benefits the kind and healthy way contributing sex relationships edited by Kelly Gonzalez mindbodygreen.com last update on March 20th 2022 if you're on any dating apps right now you've probably seen profiles that specify they're only looking for friends with benefits right now if I ever use dating apps I'll be doing which I will in the future I'll be doing the friends with benefits arrangement myself some people instinctually scrunch up their nose at the very idea there's an assumption that this type of dynamic is something only flaky, detached people pursue. I am a person that is for upliftment, and I never am the type of person to ever be against uplift. I'm not detached, I'm not flaky, okay? And to be fair, some people do use this relationship label as a way to avoid having to really care for or be responsible for their sexual partner's feelings. I don't do that bullshit. I do really care for, and I am responsible for my sexual partner's feelings in all the healthy ways too, all the wholesome ways as well. But both these perspectives short turns a lot of the good shit that can come from being friends with benefits. Existing sex partner without the commitment involved in a romantic relationship with all the fun, connection, genuine care for each other that comes with a friendship, I'm all the above. The genuine care part is where a lot of people get tripped up. Not me. What friends with benefits really means a friends with benefits relationship is one where two people hang out casually and have sex without romantic feelings involved without any long-term commitment between them. That's what I do. Typically, the two people, or more than two people, hey, group sex, that's my favorite type of sex, I do that, and genuinely enjoy spending time together, but aren't interested in each other. That's me. FWB situation is also typically non-monogamous, as you know, that's what I do. Meaning the individuals involved may also date and have sex with other people as well. That's what happens with my FWB arrangements. Some people think that just because you're not making a romantic commitment, it means you also have no obligations to one another whatsoever, and that you don't need to care about each other's well-being. That is what I call horseshit, or should I say crock of shit. But the truth is, even most no strings attached, casual sex still necessitates kindness and sensitivity for the well-being of whoever you're sleeping with. And so, 
But the truth is, even the most quote unquote no strings attached casual sex still necessitates kindness and sensitivity to the well being of whomever you're sleeping with. That's all I do. No matter your relationship status or how you feel or don't feel about them, there's rarely ever an excuse for being unkind or inconsiderate. I'm not unkind, I'm not inconsiderate because I'm not an asshole, I'm not an ass crack, and I'm not an ass wife. I don't fuck with people, I don't fuck up people's lives, and I don't do any fuckery whatsoever. What do friends with benefits normally do together? There are no set rules about what friends with benefits definitely do or don't do together. It all depends on the personal preferences of the two or more than two people involved. The term usually implies that the two or more than two people are having sex, which I do. If some friends with benefits, Excuse me, I'm human. No apologies for being human. <laughs> but some friends with benefits, they simply want to cuddle. I cuddle. Make out. Yes, I make out. Share all types of physical intimacy, except for sex. And a few of my arrangements, that's what happens, actually. Some friends with benefits also go on casual dates, which I do. Watch shows together, which I do. Sleep over each other's places, which I do. Cuddle, which I do, and other things social relationships, which I do. You know, we do act, we do romantic things, but just not in a monogamous long-term relationship. That's just what I'm saying. Other FWs may prefer to only meet up at night for sex. I do that. Some might want to learn about each other's lives for each other emotionally than the other friends do. I really, really love doing that. While others may prefer to keep conversation light and not go into deep with each other, I'm open to that as well. The key is that all partners involved are on the same page about their expectations, feel good about the love and engagement between them, and they feel comfortable with what and what is and isn't happening between them. Is it a good idea? Any good? That's what I do, man. Any relationship experience is worth it as long as it reflects what a person really wants and is a comfortable and safe space. Couples therapist Racine Henry, PhD, elementary, recently told MBG. The key, she knows, is being really honest with yourself about what you want and, which, and why you pursue a particular kind of relationship. Uh, I live by those things. A friends with benefits relationship can be a great fit for some people and not really work for others. It's a great fit for me, but I respect the fact it's not a great fit for others. It's great for those who are comfortable with the openness and lack of commitment involved, me, and with being in a relationship that's not quote-unquote going anywhere, me. It may not be as good a fit for those who form deep emotional attachments easily, have difficulty with boundaries, or are prone to jealousy and insecurity. Although it may not be right for everyone in general, it's certainly possible for friends with benefit situation to be a wonderfully healthy and positive relationship provided carrying out with a ton of care, thoughtfulness, and honesty. That's how I am. Tips for navigating friends with benefits situation. Okay, I had to um, step out of a, a clubhouse room for a minute so I can finish the episode. Tips for navigating friends with benefits situations. One, get clear on your definition of what it means to be friends with benefits. 
what friends with benefits means is different to everyone so don't assume what you're envisioning is the same as what the other person what the other pe- people are thinking the most common pitfall that leads to dissatisfaction operating at WBs is lack of honest and clear communication between the partners regarding their expectations agreements and boundaries is on a Brian Galava, a New York University human sexuality professor, Lilo sex expert researcher who's done lots of studies on casual sex and non-monogamy. This leads to all sorts of issues, mishandling of romantic, feel- romantic feelings and attachments, especially when one person starts to develop such feelings and the other people do not. Haphazard use of safer sex strategies, misunderstandings regarding sexual exclusivity, etc. Take time to define the relationship. Um, all parties involved should directly discuss what they want and what they don't want. What are the expectations around exclusivity and safe sex? Are you sleeping with other people? What kind of sexual protection are you using with others and each other? What are your boundaries? Are sleepovers on the table? Cuddling? Are you going on dates every now and then? Or just shooting the shit at someone's apartment? Going on dates every now and then? I'm open to that. Sleepovers, I'm open to that. Cuddling, I'm open to that. Sleep with other people, yes I am. Well, I'm open to using all the birth control methods. Um, and shooting shit someone's apart, someone's home. Oh, I'm into that. I really am. Number two, understand what your partner wants to in the relationship. Not only should you be totally honest about these things, but Brand Global stresses the importance of encouraging your partner to share exactly what they want too. That's the only way to make sure you're both on the same page, that you're all on the same page, that you're all honoring what they want from the relationship. You actually should care about your partner's wants and needs and full humanity, even in an FWB situation. On the flip side, harboring secret hopes about what the relationship might become will help nobody, least least of all you. Sometimes people can believe that the relationship is something that it's not, says certified sex coach Maisha Battle. It's really important to listen to what the other person tells you they want. Believe them and act accordingly. I'm just reading to you what I already live by. Other people are saying exactly what I'm already doing. Okay, number three, check in with each other regularly. Check in periodically to make sure what's happening is still okay. Battle recommends. Should there be more boundaries or fewer? Hmm. Whether we like to admit it or not, friends with benefits is a type of relationship. You're relating to each other in specific ways, so that doesn't mean you won't have to talk through some things occasionally or frequently. It's normal for things to change over time, Brand Global adds. As you get into a group, you might notice some things aren't working quite as you expected. Maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's not so good. Be the way to communicate about it so you can adjust as necessary. One more thing, don't ghost them. If you're starting to lose interest in time with them, have a conversation about it, Brand Global states. Mm, of the wisdom. I already apply it. Or talk about your feelings. A lot of people think FMV is an easy way to get sex and fun without actually to talk about squishy stuff. Battle Brand Global disagree completely. I don't think that talking about your feelings is ever off limits in any type of relationship. Battle explains. She's right. Emotions are going to come up and it's better to express them as they do rather than hold on to them and have them bump up in ways that could harm the relationship you have with these other people. This person. She's right again. Talking about your emotions is the only way to make sure neither person is getting hurt by the situation. Goddamn right. For example, if one of you starts developing feelings that are not reciprocated, talk about what's the best course of action. Should you limit how often you see each other? 
I spend your time together, so you stop seeing each other, take a break, should the person's getting more attached, start seeing other people. Greg Lewis says, on the other hand, sometimes all partners involved start developing feelings that have been used to something more serious. You need to talk to one another to figure out, to figure this out and transition the relationship into something more serious. The, the type of friends I have, um, we just keep it up WB and nothing more happens. I really like the whole don't ghost people part. Why the hell would you fuck someone and disappear on them instead of having the courage to have a conversation with them? The hell, the hell's wrong with these jackasses. Number five, be considerate and empathetic. Ooh, that's why I do buy that. There are plenty of ways to draw boundaries to extra space to withhold commitment or even to break up with someone without being a an asshat about it. Again, there are plenty of ways to draw boundaries to extra space to withhold commitment or even to break up with someone without being an asshat about it. If you notice the other person seems upset by some situation dynamic between you, that deadbeat label is not an excuse to throw up your hands and say, we're not dating, so I'm not responsible for this. You're not dating, but you're friends ostensibly, but you are friends ostensibly, so treat their emotions the same way you treat your friends' emotions if they were upset with you. Be considerate. Care about each other. Mother fucking care about each other. Be goddamn considerate. WTH, what the hell? And WTF, what the fuck? Likewise, if you notice the person you're with is not respecting your feelings or your boundaries, you don't have to just put up with it. You have every right to set the parameters of your FWD situation. If someone is disrespecting you, your time, boundaries, even the terms you set for relationship, you should definitely consider other situations still serving your needs. Battle says, communicate that to see if you reach an understanding. If not, it might be time to move your ass on. Move the fuck on. Move the hell on. The bottom line: friends with benefits can be a far. Friends with benefits can be a fun, warm, and satisfying way to connect with another person, other people. The biggest fucking road to successfully pulling it the fuck off is just like with any other relationship. Be kind. Don't be a dick. Be kind. Don't be a piece of shit. Be kind. Don't be a behind. Or an ass, if you will. And communicate. Don't speculate. Don't be gossiping about each other. Remember, you don't need to be in love to care about someone. That's true. I've heard some guys who they say they're all about the pussy, but that's all they see. That's the entirety of how they see women. They see women as vaginas and not persons. They don't see women as humans. Um. And um, 
I saw that in organized crime. What I saw in organized crime is that women saw, some women saw all men as bastards. In organized crime, I saw men seeing all women as cunts. And in organized crime, I saw, um, And another thing I saw in organized crime was that in organized crime there was men calling women bitches. Um, in organized crime I saw women calling men niggas and crackers. This is what I saw. And everyone was pissed off by what happened. What the hell happened in that world? And I'm not saying these words just the same, I'm just saying, like, this is the truth of what happened in my life. So, I have, I'm a healthy friends with benefits type of person on camera when it comes to my future porn career, and my off-screen, no camera sex life. And so that's what I saw. And so, a lot of times, I want to reiterate something. By the way, I do live a life of ancient wisdom and modern wisdom, too. With all my sex partners on screen and off screen, I have healthy soul ties. You can have soul ties in a good way and the transference of positive energy on camera and off camera, even unmarried like I do. So I have healthy soul ties. What it means is that there is emotional intimacy without monogamy. Basically, it's all about the fact that it, the soul ties I have is more about I care for and about the person as a human being. And at the same time, there is no exclusivity. So I've redefined the concept of soul ties for myself. I'm like, it's good when it comes to me on camera and off camera in my sex life. 
So the soul ties I have with my on-camera, off-camera, on-camera, off-camera partners is filled with composure, serenity, peace of mind, calm, calmness, self-possession, non, healthy nonchalance, you know, cool-headedness, healthy control, healthy self-control, healthy balance, healthy contentment, um, healthy tranquility, healthy stability, healthy harmony, healthy assurance, healthy self-assurance, healthy pose, healthy composed state of mind. Healthy even temper, healthy equanimity, healthy coolness, healthy level-headedness, healthy fortitude, healthy moderation, healthy gravity, healthy sobriety, healthy a cool head, healthy presence of mind, healthy sobriety of the soul, healthy gravity of the soul, and uh, healthy uh, coolness, healthy level-headedness, healthy fortitude, healthy moderation, healthy cool head, healthy presence of mind, healthy equilibrium, healthy aplomb, healthy self-restraint, healthy ease, healthy evenness, healthy complacence, healthy tolerance, healthy content, healthy quiet, healthy command, healthy forbearance, and healthy cool. As well as healthy patience, healthy peace, healthy exuberance, healthy passion, healthy wildness. So, a lot of people aren't soul ties, you know, for people who that's proof that you gotta be monogamous? No. I, again, I've redefined the concept of soul ties. It means that the mind, heart, body, soul, and memories of the person are important to you and and you're important to them. And, and my heart, mind, body, soul, and memories are important to them. You can have that and not catch, you know, monogamous feelings and just longings for the person. So. Those soul ties I have aren't off camera. And, uh, I have healthy situationships, too. I've redefined situationships. You know what that means? Friends with benefits. There we go. I've redefined situationships for myself. So I have healthy sexual situationships, and they're called my, one more time, friends with benefits situations. Now, let's talk about... <laughs> Guys, dating, and it will be concluding this episode. So let's get to it. Chomp, chomp, chomp to it. Rita Franklin. <laughs> so my casual dating is really simple. We avoid relationship drama. It's our healthy sexual outlet. So we have sexual discovery, all around discovery, satisfaction, all around satisfaction. Um, not wanting a full-blown relationship. We have, I get what I need from dating. And I get what I used to from dating. And some of my, like, when it comes to my casual dating, it's a relationship without the commitment. We're just going with the flow, and that is very positive for us. Because we're gradually growing, learning, evolving as human beings and as lovers. <laughs> And, uh, we do handle it well. We have the proper ground rules and we follow them. We communicate like our life depends on it. 
We know how we feel about exclusivity and sex, and that's all it's discussed. We don't vanish, means spiritedly. We don't lie about our sexcapades or anything. We keep our cuteness in check. <laughs> we don't stand each other up. And, um... We're not discussing anything sexual without your permission. So, um... So for myself, what I choose to do is just, you know, for myself, I am not the type of, you know, the thing is, with kiss and tell, my partners do that, and so me sharing what I'm sharing is not a bad thing, because they, they tend to like to talk about it, so that's why I talk about it. That's our arrangement. And we're living in the moments with humility and gratitude. We put each other first, and we need to we put ourselves first in a humble way. And there are times where we, and we don't get bitter. Even if there's an end, there's no bitterness. And there's no maliciousness, there's no unforgiveness, none of that. And if it's temporary, we stop when we need to, and that's not bad at all. Um, You know, my casual dating is all about the emotional intimacy that is centered around sex. See how I link them together? Okay. And, um, this is the last time we sang it on the podcast by myself. So, um, there's healthy social support. There's interpersonal ties, interpersonal attraction, and the personal relationships I have with my intimate relationships that are non-monogamous. So, I do romantic friendships. There's holding hands, cuddling, hugging, kissing, giving massages, bed sharing, sexual intercourse, other sexual expressions. And so that's, yeah, so I have passionate friendships, affectionate friendships, romantic friendships. We do everything couples do, including sex, we just are not committed. And so, um, that's what we do. And, So another thing that I do that I want to share is this other thing. Okay, one more time. I get to have romance and touch in my life without the commitment to the serious long-term relationship. I have 
people to hang out with in my downtime. I have people to do quote unquote couple and quote unquote relationship things with without the commitment. You know, we do couple and relationship things together. There's just no commitment. I get to know people in a laid back, pressure free way. I do date multiple people at the same time. I have sex with partners who are regular. I get to spend time with people who I like, who like me back. I get to know people in casual ways, you know, while not deciding to pursue a serious relationship with them. I do determine that people aren't a good fit for a long-term sexual relationship with me before actually entering into a long-term sexual relationship with them or entering a short-term sexual relationship with them, you know, hey, that too. And so I can get to know people in casual ways while deciding whether I want to pursue a long-term sexual term, long-term or short-term sexual relationship with them. You know, I might find out that my partner and I, we really like each other and decide to enter into a more serious sex relationship where we have sex much more often. When I say serious, meaning like, um, it's something we want, sex something we want to have much more often, not monogamous. Um, I don't need to find the perfect partner. I can enjoy spending time with people who I who I find fun to be around, you know. Even if we don't have sex with each other at first. I don't live my life focusing on being perfect or listen. I have more independence and flexibility since I don't need to totally sync my life up with other people's lives. Things aren't purely sexual, usually me and the other person feeling like spending time with each other even when I having sex. We do enjoy the fun parts of dating without a lot of the more mundane and difficult parts of being a long-term monogamous partnership. I can enjoy spending time with people I like, even though I know we wouldn't make a great romantic couple in the long term. So that's what I experienced. Now you have a better understanding of what I'm saying, how I am on camera and off camera. Um, So within my intimate relationships, there is these realities. We accept each other completely as we are. We can hopefully share deepest thoughts and feelings with each other. We care deeply for each other. We willingly help each other anyway. And our thoughts and our feelings are understood and affirmed by one another. And we support each other's psychological and physical well-being. We are into social support and health. And um, so there's emotional intimacy and there's physical intimacy. So the physical intimacy there is um, being inside someone's personal space, holding hands, hugging, kissing, caressing, sexual activity, cuddling, caressing, tickling, massaging, and touching hands, kissing on the cheeks, public displays of affections, maintaining eye contact, 
that's what we do in my relationships on camera off camera and massaging as well and that's just how I choose to live my life for real um And so, hmm, I really do enjoy my intimate relationships, also known as sexual relationships. There's, there's liking each other, then there's compassionately loving each other. And we have cognitive or intellectual intimacy, which takes place when we exchange thoughts, share ideas, enjoy similarities, differences between our uh, opinions. And yes, we have healthy, passionate love, healthy, companionate love, healthy, sacrificial love, healthy, compassionate love, healthy, neighborly love, and healthy, unconditional love between myself. And then, yes, there is heavy petting making out between each other. This and we and we bond over secular spirituality. So those things that happen in my on camera, off camera life. And now as I close out um, there's more I wanna say. Um in the organized crime world, there was, um, to sum it all up, there's this new information. You had to be silver-tongued all the time to show that you're quick with to prove that you're not dumb or crazy all the time. And it's a fucked up way of living. And I fucking hate it, and I still fucking hate it. And, um... And they used the word essay as a way to insult, um... Hispanics in the, um, drug world. Um... I remember that they refer to Hispanics as border bunnies. That's another racial slur against Latinos. Latinos and Latinas, for sure. And so that's what would happen all the time. All the racial slurs against Hispanics, black folks, indigenous folks, white folks was used in the world of organized crime and like growing up. Pretty much everything bad and everything bad to worse, everything evil, toxic, negative occurred in the world of organized crime. 
And there's more I want to say about, um, the mainstream porn world that I'll be a part of. Is that I always make sure that no matter what mainstream porn company I do, that, that you know that everyone is treated humanely, including me, whether they're on the camera or off camera, and they're in that porn world. Everybody's human rights will be honored. Terms of labor, economics, um, health, um, entrepreneurial businesses, sexual rights, sex workers' rights, and so on and so forth. Um, because, like any entity, there are people that make sure within the form, for example, um, You know, that, you know, that there's also a sense of people getting to know each other, going for a cup of coffee, going out to eat, or just learning about each other, like Zoom calls or stream yarding, or they meet in person, decided they could have excellent sexual chemistry on porn sets or not. And sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no, because everyone has different sexual tastes. And so, I'm going to give you examples. Let's say I'm open to working with Bang Bros or Rick's Cabaret or Ten Broadcasting or Avian Media Network or Club Jenna or New Frontier Media or Private Media Group or Vivid Entertainment or Larry Flint Publications or Playboy. Enterprises Incorporated. Um, everything I would do would be well polished in terms of my integrity, and no one would be brutally um, compromised. There's healthy compromises, I'm into that. Unhealthy compromises, the non negotiables. I wouldn't have those things violated. I don't do unhealthy compromises. Um, I don't violate non-negotiables, I mean to say. And um, this is also what I want to, to add. Um, it's so important. Um,
same clothes and I just want to add that and I say it a lot but I really mean it this time I think I'm done and then I my mind works so but this is when I'm saying close I'm really going to close this time um it, let's say I am open to working with an entity within porn None of it would be degrading. I would never do any degrading type of porn where people are um, no one would be um, dehumanized either. And I repeat these things so people understand that there's ways you can engage mainstream porn without all around dehumanization and without all around degradation either. So you can showcase sex between all adult walks of life without destroying the bodily integrity spirit integrity, bodily autonomy, spirit autonomy of people, that's what I mean to say. Um, so that's how I am when it comes to all porn genres and all porn uh, subgenres. Um, and yes, I'm going to be making and selling my sex tapes. Making and selling my homemade porn. I look forward to creating adult. I look forward to creating my adult content, making and selling it. It could be on Chatterbait, Cam Soda, Model Central, Strip Chat, Extra Lunch Money, Mini Vids, OnlyFans, Pocket Stars, as an example. I think I'm going to be a top porn star for sure. And yes, X models, internet modeling, iCams, I am live. I'm a phenomenal porn as well, including Square Peep. I'm just open to making money with all of them. If I can't. They say you can only do a certain amount. That's okay. If they say you can do them all, I'm going to do them all. Now, I'm going to say the long clothes. 
I look forward to porn performing with adults of all sexual orientations, all gender identities, all sex characteristics, all races, all ethnicities, all skin colors, all sizes, all shapes, all frames. Um, and all backgrounds, all continents, all islands. And I look forward to being a porn industry legend that's world renowned. Now I'm going to close.